Hello, and welcome to Sharing Our Journey, a podcast from Harrodsburg Baptist Church, where we're all about sharing our journey toward Jesus. Before we hear from Dr. Paul Gibson, we'd like to invite you to take that journey with us. To find out more, follow us on social media at HBC Harrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you very soon. What do you do when you're physically sick or hurting? When my daughter uh, was seven years old, she was taking a harmless, innocent climb up a set of steps on a slide on a playground. And as she reached the top of the steps, she fell and she hit the corner of her eye right on the corner of the top step. Got a phone call from the school. School told me, Mr. Gibson, your daughter is fine, but she's in a little bit of pain. She'll be okay. We think she's gonna make it the rest of the day. I see my daughter at the end of school. She has a bump on her eye, but she's acting fine. We go home, she plays, we put her to bed. Later that night, I hear a scream come from my daughter's room. I run into her bedroom, I ask her if she is okay, and that little bump that was on the corner of her eye swelled to the size of a baseball. Now, what do you do when you're physically sick or hurting like my daughter was? You go to the doctor. So we go to the ER and thankfully, they were able to determine that nothing was broken, that she had simply suffered a contusion, otherwise known as a bruise. Would I have been a good parent if I had not paid attention to my daughter? Would I have been uh, a good parent if I had not taken her to the doctor? I don't think so. I think uh, my wife and I did the right thing. We heard our daughter in pain and we took her to the doctor. So what do you do when you're physically sick or hurting? You go to the doctor. Well, what do you do if you're spiritually sick or hurting? Well, we go to the great physician. Just as if we're physically sick or hurting, we go to the doctor. If we're spiritually sick or hurting, we go to the great physician. And today, as we continue in the story, as we look at the chapter title, The Trials of a King, we are going to learn that David's heart was sick and he needed the great physician. So turn over to 2 Samuel chapter 11. We're going to read verses 1 through 17. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 17, or the very beginning of the chapter titled, The Trials of a King. Let's look at how David's heart was sick. 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 through 17. 2 Samuel chapter 11. In the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanness. Then she went back home. 
the woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. So David sent this word to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came to him, David asked him how Joab was, how the soldiers were, and how the war was going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. Side note here, what David is trying to do is he is trying to get Uriah to go and sleep with Bathsheba so that they can say that the baby doesn't belong to David, but instead belongs to Uriah. Verse 9, But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to his house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, Haven't you just come from a military campaign? Why didn't you go home? Uriah said to David, The ark and Israel and Judah are staying in tents. And my commander Joab and my lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house to eat and drink and make love to my wife? As surely as you live, I will not do such a thing. Side note, Uriah was being the consummate soldier. Uh, Israelite soldiers back in the day pledged abstinence when they would go to war so that they would not be distracted by sex. Uriah is being the ultimate loyal soldier to King David. Verse 12. Then David said to him, Stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. At David's invitation, he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He did not go home. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out in front where the fierce fighting is located. Then withdraw from him, so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. How do we know that David, a man after God's own heart, had a heart sickness? Well, let me back up for a second and uh, let you know what the word heart in Hebrew means. It means lawbab, or the most inward part of who you are. As a matter of fact, this Hebrew word has a distinct connection with the word kidney. Because basically, uh, to an Old Testament Jew, the heart meant the core of who a person was spiritually. So when we talk about David had a heart sickness, we're not talking about his physical heart. We're talking about his core spirituality. His core relationship with God was sick. How do we know that? Well, look at all the commandments that David broke. He broke the commandment, you shall not covet. <laughs> he, saw Uriah, uh, he saw Uriah's wife Bathsheba as David was walking on the roof, and he coveted after her. So then he sent a messenger uh, to go get Bathsheba, and Bathsheba came to David, and they slept together, and David broke another commandment, you shall not commit adultery. Well, then David broke another commandment when he tried to trick Uriah into sleeping with Bathsheba, but Uriah was such a consummate, loyal soldier that he refused to do so that David basically bared false witness, and instead of being honest with Uriah, which would have been very uncomfortable at the time, but was needed, it was necessary. David needed to confess, but he refused to confess. Instead, he bared false witness, and he tried to trick Uriah into sleeping with Bathsheba. And then the ultimate commandment that David committed was you shall not murder. 
Yeah, David didn't strike Uriah down, but David orchestrated the military events so that Joab would put Uriah at the front of the line so that he would be killed. And I encourage you to go back and look in verse 17, because not only was Uriah killed in order to cover David's sin, but Scripture says that some of the men in David's army fell. So here was David committing multiple sins. He broke multiple commandments. You shall not covet. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not bear false witness. And you shall not murder. And because he kept trying to cover up his sin, not only was Uriah killed, but many other soldiers in his army were killed. So, you shall not covet, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not murder. David's heart was sick. Let me read to you Mark 7, verse 20. This is Jesus speaking. Scripture says, Jesus went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evil come from inside and defile a person. I think it's fascinating that when Jesus is talking about someone's heart being sick, he lists many of the sins that David committed. Sexual immorality, murder, adultery, greed, deceit. Oh my goodness. Jesus was saying in Mark 7 that a person's heart is sick when they commit all these acts. And David's heart was definitely sick because he checked almost all of these boxes. So here's David, a man after God's own heart who had a heart sickness. And here's the thing. If we find ourselves like David with a heart sickness... If we do not tend to our sick heart, our spiritual condition will get worse. Look at what happened to David. First, he committed adultery. And instead of being honest and open about his sin, he tried to cover it up. His condition got worse. Instead of being honest with Uriah uh, and trying to make amends with Uriah, he sent Uriah uh, to the front of the battle and Uriah was killed. David's spiritual condition got even more worse. And the problem at that point is not only is David's sin affecting David's own heart, it's affecting so many others. So what should David have done with his spiritually sick heart? Well, again, when we are physically sick, we go to the doctor. Well, when we are spiritually sick, we go to the great physician. Now I'm going to skip ahead in the story. If you read the next chapter in 2 Samuel, you'll see where Nathan the prophet confronts David. And in this very uh, painful yet redeeming scene, uh, David confronts his own sin. Well, I encourage you to turn over to Psalm 51. This is also in the chapter uh, that we're, we're currently reading in the story, The Trials of a King. I encourage you to turn over to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is a confession that many scholars believe that David wrote after he was confronted with his sins. And not just his sin of, Bath, uh, of, of committing adultery with Bathsheba, but his sin of uh, lying and his sin of murder. And if you want to read it in the story, this is on page 163. So this is David's confession to the Lord after Nathan confronts him with his sin. Psalm 51, verse 1. David prays, have mercy, o, uh, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. 
Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justify when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. What happens when we walk into a doctor's office if we're spiritually, or no, I'm sorry, not spiritually sick. What happens if we walk into a doctor's office and we're physically sick? She or he will ask us, what's going on? And basically, David is answering that question. If he were to walk into the great physician's office, Jesus would look at him and say, Okay, David, what's going on? This was David's confession. This is how he is answering that question. And basically, David gives three answers. He says, I'm sick, I need healing, and I want my health back. I'm sick. I need healing and I want my health back. How do we know that David said, I'm sick? Well, David was honest about his sin. Go back to Psalm 51 verse 3. David says, For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have a sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. David is saying, I know I have sinned. Sin. I know that my life has sinned. And ultimately, David was saying, yes, uh, yes, I, I know that I've hurt many people, but against you, ultimately, God, have I sinned. David was saying, I am sick. I have a sickness of sin. He knew it. The pain of being confronted by Nathan exposed David's sick heart to himself. So David confessed his sin. He was honest about his sin. He said, I'm sick. And then he goes on to say, I need healing. Psalm 51 verse 7. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. David was honest, not just about his sin, but he was honest about his situation. He knew that he needed healing. Cleanse me with hyssop. That's what uh, the Old Testament law set aside to be used uh, to sprinkle uh, cleansing as part of the Old, uh, Old Testament law. Hyssop was used to, to, to provide part of a cleansing sacrifice. David was saying, I know that I am sick. I know I need cleansing. I know I need healing. So David was honest about his sin. He was honest about his situation. And then David goes on to say, I want my health back which means that David was honest about his desire for restoration. Psalm 51.10, David goes on to say, Create in me a pure heart, O God, because David knew his heart was sick, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. 
David is saying, I want to be better. I want my health back. I want my heart healed. Again, not his physical heart, but his spiritual heart, his law bab. So again, when metaphorically speaking, uh, David went to the great physician's office and Jesus looked at him and said, what's wrong, David? Are you okay? Tell me what's going on. David said, I'm sick. He was honest about his sin. David said, I need healing. David was honest about his situation. He said, I want my health back. I want my heart to be better. David was honest about his desire for restoration. David confessed his sin. He asked for forgiveness. And he asked for renewal. So what's the, what's the medicine that uh, we get when we go to the great physician's office and our hearts are spiritually sick? What happens when we're honest about our sin and we're honest about our situation and we're honest about our desire for restoration? Let me read to you 1 Timothy 1.15. If you listened to the podcast a few weeks ago, you heard me preach on this very specific verse. The Apostle Paul wrote, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. What's the medicine that we get from the great physician? What's the medicine that David would have gotten from Jesus if he would have been facing Jesus? This is the medicine. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. What's the medicine? That whoever believes in Jesus whom God sent, shall have eternal life. What's the medicine? Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the joy of salvation unto those who believe, to the Jew first, and then to the Greek. What's the medicine? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The medicine? The medicine is the gospel. Now, I know that's cheesy, and, and I was introduced to this term probably uh, 25 years ago uh, from my grandfather. He was preaching one Sunday and he said, you know, he said, you know what this world needs? He said, this world needs the gospel. And I thought it was cheesy and I remember laughing going, oh my gosh, that's so cheesy. But then as I've gotten older, I realized the wisdom of my grandfather in that moment. He's right. What's the medicine the great physician gives, uh, gives us? It's the gospel, the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of salvation unto those who believe. It is the joy of salvation uh, unto those who believe. A little, my little take on that, Romans 1.16 verse. So how do we take the gospel? Well, we, we do what David did. We're honest about our sin. David couldn't hide from the fact that he had committed adultery, that he had lied, that he had coveted, that he had orchestrated murder. He, he, he couldn't run from that. He was honest about his sin and he confessed his sin. What sin is in your life today that, that you no longer can run from? Is it addiction? Is it uh, you're in an improper relationship? Is it the fact that... Um, You've got some secret sin that, that you're hiding? Well, as we saw 
in David's story, the more he tried to hide his sin and cover his sin, the more it got worse. If we want to take the gospel, it starts by being honest about our sin. And then we'd be honest about our situation. We'd be honest about the fact that we need healing. And, and again, Scripture says that the only way we can be healed of our heart sickness is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if we want to take the gospel, we have to be honest about our sin, we have to be honest about our situation, and then we have to be honest about our desire for restoration. The fact that we confess and we ask God for forgiveness. Lord, please forgive me of my sin because I want to be made right with you. I love what 1 John 1, 9 says. And you've heard me say it many a time if you've been part of HBC uh, or if you followed my pastoral career. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, if we're honest about our sins, if we're honest about our situation, if we're honest about our desire for restoration, not just any random restoration, but a restoration of the heart so that we are made right with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us, heal us, make our heart right from all unrighteousness. David was a man after God's own heart. And he ended up with a heart sickness. No matter how amazing you are as an individual, and we're all amazing because we're all made in God's image, but Scripture tells us that we are all broken, messy, sinful people, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. At some point, we are going to be heart sick. And my question to you is today, are you heart sick? If you are, can you be honest about your need for healing? Can you be honest about your need for the gospel? Again, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And if you're hiding some secret sin, if you find yourself heart sick, start right now, wherever you are, by confessing that sickness to God, being honest about your sin, get honest about your situation, your need for redemption, your need for forgiveness, and beg God. And I don't even think you have to beg, but honestly ask God to restore you. Can you be honest about your need for the gospel? Let's all pray. Great physician, thank you for being a great physician. And Lord, we know that um, through this story of David, God, that uh, we have to be honest about our sin. We have to be honest about our situation. We have to be honest about our desire for restoration. And we know that the ultimate restoration is for our hearts to be healed through your life, death, and resurrection. So, Lord, today, if someone is listening, I pray they can be honest about their heart sickness. I pray they can be honest about their need for healing. And I pray that they can be honest about their need for the gospel. I pray all this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for sharing our journey. If you'd like to join us for worship, we come together on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Harrodsburg Baptist Church, 312 South Main Street, Harrodsburg, Kentucky. For more information, follow us on social 
at hbcharrodsburg or visit harrodsburgbaptist.org. As you go, we pray that you will share your journey toward Jesus with others. May the love of the Father, the grace of Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.